I'm delighted to announce that this podcast is now sponsored by the Heaton Boxing Academy. It is Ireland's most popular boxing and fitness class. They have three locations across Dublin, located in Sandyford, Lansdowne and Grand Canal Docks. You burn over 600 calories during a class and also get to meet new people and enjoy yourself as the staff there are really, really great. And I do mean that. So go check out their site. It's linked below or else can be found at hedonboxing.ie. And why don't you sign up for their 10 class program while you're at it? And if you DM them on Instagram or email them through their website with the discount code RALLEN, you will get 10% off the usual price. So how's that for a deal? All you got to say is RALLEN. And you get 10% off, just like that. First 10 classes, 10%. Great deal. So get involved, get fit, and bring some positive energy to that place. I'm telling you now, you will not regret it. It's great for whatever fitness goals you have. Just go, use the discount code, and thank me later. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Rallon's Rant. This is a solo edition podcast, so I want to welcome all the current and old and new listeners. Apart from that, I must say I am extremely grateful for all the patrons at this stage, or the patrons, as I should say. Um, It's over 20 now, so I'm actually truly, truly grateful for anyone who has donated big or small to this point. Uh, We reached the 20 marker there a few weeks ago, so there will be a vote off probably on Instagram, to decide who gets to come on the show. It can be anyone. Well, when I mean anyone, I mean out of the 20 patrons. It could be any of them. Anyway, the first topic, I think it's it's important to raise a few issues I have with airports because there seems to be a common trend with my podcast, especially the solo ones about me giving out about airports or airplanes or both, or airlines as well. But I was only thinking the other day about checking so I haven't actually had to check in an airport in ages because I always bring small amounts of luggage and I, it's all the, always the carry-on, which my last time I used Ryanair, they stung me for the... I'm not getting into it anyway. But in Denmark, for instance, they allow you to check in on your own. And it's not a case of like, oh, they've won. It's like going to Tesco and them having one self-service thing. They have like 20. So I remember being to Denmark having loads of baggage, thinking, oh, I'm going to have to queue for 45 minutes. And lo and behold, you check in yourself. You weigh it yourself. If it's over uh, the weight allowance, you guess a five-euro fucking charge, and then you pay it. If it's underneath the weight restrictions and the size, happy days, goes through, takes 45 seconds, you scan your passport, you're true. That is how every airport should operate. There should be no people involved. No way. And another issue I have, say when you queue for security, it's all very tactical. So say in the Irish airport, you queue for security for 20 minutes, get through the odd person. If you're traveling in a group of five or 10, one will definitely be flagged. Sorry, uh, it's 60 milliliters uh, on the toothpaste. You've got uh, 65 milliliters. We have to remove this. It's a safety hazard. You could kill everyone with this. Oh, sorry, I forgot. Take my call gate. And once you're through that, you go into duty free and you are embraced with drink everywhere that's what i love about the irish airport quite literally as you enter past security 
there's whiskey, there's vodka, A to Z of drink just flashing in your face. So the last thing you can think of when you are leaving Ireland is the reason you are here is because you're probably an alcoholic or very dependent on alcohol, which is essentially an alcoholic. Drink! <laughs> Drink! Drink! Yeah, dear father, let it all out. Drink! That's so true. So true. I've only once actually bought something, and that was that mental drink, uh, Poinchine, or whatever you call it. I can't actually pronounce it, and I've been told it at least 200 times. Like, that stuff is essentially diesel, and anyone who is going on a quick weekend holiday, I'd strongly advise you to get it, because it makes you go from 0 to 100 in 50 milliseconds. Another issue I have, all the food is shit. Like, why do you have Burger King? Why do you have McDonald's? Why do you have some of the shadiest restaurants I've ever seen in an airport? Think about it. There's like thousands of people going through it every day. Stick a Nando's in there. Juniors, why don't you do lunch there? Like, imagine they had all that. It'd be fleeced. I couldn't think of anything better than being like, oh, I've got a late flight. It's at nine o'clock. Okay, let's go to the airport way ahead of time. Two, three hours before the flight, let's get a lovely Nando's or a nice meal and then walk onto the plane. It'd make everything so much better. But the fact that all the food tastes like absolute garbage means that options was never there. So please up the game in that respect. Okay. Oh, yeah, the people who enjoy waiting in queues. So you know the way you sit outside the gate for half an hour, 40 minutes. And then suddenly it's like, can the C-105 fly to Portugal, please stand up and thank you for pardon. And you get like 95% of the people kind of just slowly walk around like a zombie apocalypse and just stand there. Stand there for like 20 minutes. Like, why are you standing up? Like, just sit down. Once they go, yeah, we're actually bored and now please get on the plane. Then everyone should be like, all right, I'll get on. And I know there's always the argument, oh, yeah, if you don't get on early, you won't be able to bring your bag on. They'll take it underneath. And it's like, who cares? Your bag's either going to be above your head in some sort of storage uh, space or is it's going to be underneath you in some sport storage space. Excuse me. Stupid. Like, just sit down. Relax. Oh. And then also, I always love it when you get the dominant person in the family which could be one of the kids could be the wife could be the uh the husband say there's a family of four getting on a plane and it's always like the macho man he's carrying like seven bags and he's like david give me your bag and he's like ramming the stuff into the cabbage compartments and he's kind of looking around just being like i know i played set in 1975 i shit you not and you're just staring at him being like relax it's a plane. So that's another issue. People who clap after a flight should be shot at point blank range as well. Like maybe next time I get a taxi to Harker Street, I might give the taxi driver a big round of applause. Maybe I'll pull down the window and tell people who are walking by, oh, by the way, this taxi, he managed to make it from Donnybrook to Harker Street. Let's all give him a big, big clap. <laughs> Just because lads do their jobs 
are women pilots do their jobs. You should not stand up and be like, it's ridiculous. Imagine society we had to do that. You're at uh, McDonald's and the guy's like, yeah, order seven. And the whole restaurant gets up and just starts clapping. It would be quite literally one of the craziest things ever. The only time people should applaud people for doing their job is probably Gardaí. When they arrest someone who could potentially kill you, that's when you should be like, fair play. Like, it's it's completely outrageous. Like, imagine. Oh, can you get me the coppers, please? I'm fucking off my face. Can we go, please? And the rickshaw driver's like, all right, grand. Bombs it along. Can I have uh, 20 euro, please? Yeah, there's 22, sound man. And then that guy is pissed, just well done. Outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. But yeah, moving swiftly on, my pet hates. Few, Actually, three people asked me, what are my pet hates? And I, I wrote down a few that I encounter every day, and they, without fail, piss me off all the time. So I live on the N11. And when I mean the N11, I don't literally live on the road in a tent. I live in a state just off of it. So I get to deal with the traffic every day. Whether I'm walking or driving, I just see it every day. And what really bothers me, say if you're heading towards town on the N11, you've got, say, UCD on your left. You're still driving down. You pass Torisians, the bus station, all that. There's a, bu- a, a cycle lane all along that. A designated cycling, about a meter and a half, about two meters wide. It honestly drives me to the point of insanity slash murderous tendencies when cyclists do not use that lane. Because, like, number one, if you're, say, using the bus lane or trying to turn off into someone's house, they play a part, they obstruct you. And then if you kind of get in their area, they always turn around, they're like, what the hell are you doing? It's like, I am driving on the road. You are driving on the road where you're not meant to be. There is a lane for you. Stay in your lane, please. Maybe I'll take a leave out their book and just mount the curb and just start running over people. Like, it's ridiculous. And cyclists just have a chip on their shoulder and think they've got some God-given right to sometimes not indicate, to plow through red lights. And if anyone objects to it, they have... A license, it must come with like being a cyclist, a license to be a complete ignorant ignoramus. It's outrageous, outrageous. And I know loads of cyclists. I know people who cycle and they're all great people. But what I'm saying is that once they actually mount the bike and start cycling, they turn into the worst version of themselves. That's a fact. Um, People who use their phones too much. So like during meals or when you're trying to have a good conversation, It's just like, what are you doing? Why are you staring at your phone on Instagram? Chat to me. Listen, please. Hello. Like even in lifts and work, every time I get up in the lift, there's four or five people in the lift. I'm not expecting everyone to start dancing and having a great crack, but everyone just reaches for their phones. And they're like, oh my God, it will take another seven seconds to we're at level four. Uh." And then once it goes, people sprint out. They're like, run! And that that leads me on to my next point, as in people who cannot adjust the volume of their voices to below volume six. And what I mean by that is people who scream at you. So like, I think I'm talking at a normal enough voice level, 
in a club, you might have to kind of escalate it a little bit to be like, oh, how, how are you, how are you, how are you? When you're in a house and someone may be asleep or studying, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, no, that's grand, yeah, yeah. But it's the people who are like, oh, yeah, yeah, completely, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, you're actually screaming at me. Or else the female version of that is like, oh, my God, I haven't seen you in, like, six years. Yeah, now, look, now, the because of the powder, it's not as wet, and now you can mold it. Like, Why are you screaming? Like um, a, a, a breast. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Because every time I see you, you scream in my face. Just relax. Just talk. It's fine. Occasionally, someone might say, I beg your pardon, or what? Co-beverages, hot beverages. Massive issue here. So you know when say, I don't know, it could be exercising. You could be just having a drink. And say you take a sip and then go, that infuriates me. It's like, what are you doing? Like, you don't have to do it, is what my point is. If you have, also, people who do it with warm drinks, I've seen people have a hot chocolate and go, it's like, what, the, what are you doing? This is not like a Diageo ad where George Clooney is like getting paid obnoxious amounts of money to be in, or even an espresso ad as well. God, it's just like, stop doing it. There's no point for it. Oh. And then the last one is, and this is kind of a two-sided coin here. People who don't pick up their dog's shit, like, that's, it's part of the contract. You can't allow your pet to go to the toilet on the path and then just kind of look around and be like, not my problem. Someone else will look after it. No, it is your problem. It's going to be your problem. And it's going to be someone else's problem when they don't actually see it because they're on their phone or else they've got just enjoyed a hot chocolate too much and gone, ah. And then just as they put their left foot down, they make contact with a piece of dog shit. And the other side of that coin is you actually picking up the dog shit. It is honestly one of the most dehumanizing things I could ever imagine myself doing. Staring at your dog while it takes a massive crap. And then I kind of like the way dogs just take the crap. And then they kind of stare at you as if to say, yeah, go on, pick it up. And then you pick it up in that little bag and have to carry it around as a souvenir and a constant reminder that you were at the dog's mercy. Yeah. So like the next topic is old age issues. And I don't want people to take offense to this. I'm only 25, but it's amazing. Put it this way. When I was 21, 22, I never had issues with really getting up early. Didn't have issues with just body, simple, like simple activities during the day, requirements, tying my shoelaces. And like when you get to say the mid twenties, I found that you start appreciating the little things like lunch breaks, Sundays, going to the toilet, moments of actual peace. Rather than when you're younger, all you care about are the big things, i.e. your holidays, in that case, summer holidays, the exam results, the massive benders, all that. So like it kind of regresses naturally. So then once you get older, you're like, my God, that lunch was the best part of my week. So stuff like that, 
when you go away now, like I've no more ambition to stay in crappy hostels anymore. I'm not going to drink terrible beer or just shit drink in general. Like it's just not going to happen. If I'm going away, I'm going to get a nice Airbnb. I'm not going to be sleeping in a cave. And then also one of the things I always used to be so confused about (laughs) when I was like 10 is I'd look out the window of a car on my way to school and I'd see like grown men, grown men and women wearing suits, going to work and then wearing runners. And I was just like, what are you doing? You look ridiculous. But then I made the fatal mistake of walking to work on my first day with actual shoes on and they ripped my ankles to shreds, ripped them. Like there's still part of my ankle left on the N11. There's a crime scene actually, but God, stuff like your body is always in pain. Your knees, you get out of bed and you're just like, shit. It feels like I've honestly just played 90 minutes of all out war. I'm 54, Stuart. My knees are fucked and my patience is snapped. Some of us had to go through this hippie shit the first time all you've done is just come to bed. Tying your shoelaces can be a bit of an ordeal now. I used to love tying my laces back when I was younger. I used to be so flexible and moving everything else and flying the laces up and down. Now tying my laces is always met with a, oh, fuck. And then you do it and you don't do it as quick as you used to do it. And it's just... Like you can't, you can't bend down and do the laces anymore. You need leverage. You need to put them up in a seat or something ridiculous. So that's a sign of the time as well. And the last thing I want to say with relation to my old age issues is I was on my way to work the other day. And my way into work, it's from Donnybrook to Baggett Street. It's like 20, 25 minute walk. The previous night I played football, played seven aside. And yeah, it was for an hour pretty intense but like nothing to write home about and the next morning woke up started walking to work and bear in mind this is during rush hour so there's hundreds of cars scattered across the n11 and i'm walking through donnybrook get past donnybrook fair i'm walking just beside vanilla and i'm just casually walking the streets are littered with people and as i said the roads are completely like bumper to bumper with cars And all of a sudden, I just feel this sharp pain in my calf. And I kind of went, oh, ooh. And before I know it, I start screaming. I start cramping. And those who have had cramps will completely agree with me in saying they are one of the most excruciating things in the world. So I had a bag on my back. I raised my right leg, started screaming, started screaming at the top of my voice, going, oh, Jesus. I fall on my back and people are actively concerned. People are walking by and they're like, is everything okay? Because I'm lying on my back outside Vanilla in Donnybrook. Well, there's hundreds of cars just staring at me. Well, not the cars themselves, the people in the cars. And I'm screaming in agony. It was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. There was people in cars actively laughing at me in my pain. I had to seek refuge on this horribly rotted wet green bench as well for about two minutes and i kind of looked up and just saw traffic going by and i i really had a a time of reflection where i was like this is what it's come to you're getting a cramp at 10 past eight outside vanilla after playing football the previous night 
Like when stuff like that happens, it's it's pretty much game over. It's game over. But yeah, I I, I made a conscious effort to talk about clips, and I'll do that later. I want to get stuck into crystal first and foremost. So, just so everyone's aware, from the get go, I have been to crystal many times. Many times I have. I'm not going to kind of paint a picture that I haven't been. I have, but I like to keep it limited. The last time I was there, I believe, was could have been January or February. Could be wrong on that, but I think it was January or February. So I released a poll on my Instagram and Twitter saying, where would you rather spend the rest of your life? 374 people responded. And 57% out of the 374 people said they would actually prefer to spend the rest of their lives in hell than in crystal, which is completely understandable. But what it does mean is that one out of every two people cannot be trusted and are completely wrong and probably insane. Erroneous! Erroneous! Erroneous on both counts! Like, it reminds me of Ryanair in my opinion anyway, as in it's like everyone hates us. Everyone loves to moan about us. But you're always lured back for some moment of complete weakness or insanity. And like it is, everyone is a little bit embarrassed when you end up there and you see someone you know and you're like, oh, hey, hey. And they're like, yeah, how are you? But there's that mutual respect of like, what the fuck are you doing here? And then they would probably be saying the same thing. My biggest issue with it is... It's a nightclub. When I think of nightclubs, right, I think of bars as a place to go to have good conversations, nice drinks, nice settled atmosphere where you can have conversations. Nightclubs, excuse me, are places you go to just completely lose the run of yourself. Crystal, my biggest issue is there's no dance floor. It's full of failed SET rugby players like myself and business development employees. And it's just like, which one are you? If not all three, but oh, it's just the amount of stop and chats you have to have with people you haven't seen in about six years. And the last time you saw them was in Balnacarrig in British Bay. Like that paints the whole story or paints the whole picture. It paints the story too, but it paints the whole picture for you. What I'm saying is you'd find more pots in crystal than in your actual kitchen. And you'd even find more grenades than you would find in bloody Normandy during the D-Day landings. Like, it's just, I cannot stand the over-eager people who you vaguely know. And they are, like, how many times do you see someone there and it's like, man, or it could be a girl's tear, be like, I haven't seen you in ages. And it's like, yeah, it's probably for good reason. So don't come up to me and be like, oh, BM, it's so key to see you. What are you up to these days? It's like, I know it's not sincere, and this will probably be our only interaction of the night. Goodbye, sir. Yeah. Uh, I could honestly go on one now. I could really, really go on one, but I won't. You know the look in his eyes, Dale! You've got to be
in the toilets. Toilets. Links being sprayed everywhere. There's more sniffing of nostrils in the made toilets than in the entirety of hay fever season. It's not natural. That's all I'm saying. Something doesn't add up. Anyway, some people asked what I name a Crystal XV, i.e. Crystal Rugby Team. <coughs> Excuse me. The only thing I made sure of was that no, no pro rugby players could be involved. It's not going to be like the Julia's XV. But with that said, there's going to be some interesting involvements. Also, it is worth noting that out of that 360, 74, I should say, 374 people, there was about eight Irish internationals and seven out of the eight said they'd rather spend the rest of their lives in hell. So I don't know what they've been doing during the World Cup or in the preparation for the World Cup, but Joe has got something right there anyway. Anyway, with the starting 15... An infamous front row of Prey Cusack, Conor Cocoyne and Alfie Fitzgerald. Two powerhouses in the row in the form of Craig Lynch and John Burke. You fucking cocksucker. At the back row is one of my favourites. Two Clongos and one Castleknock. At six we've got Steve McVeigh. At seven we've got the infamous Jack O'Neill. And at number eight we've got Rob Lipsis. Nine and ten, Lee Mulvihill nine. Andrew Quirk, 10. Centres, we go with Eno Kelly and Rory Kavanagh. And a back three of Dylan Kaufman and Danny Hogan on the wings with Nat Stack at 15. Like, that is one of... Like, that could go on a Lions tour and potentially win you a midweek game. Maybe. Potentially, like... Maybe. I don't know. I'll let you guys decide if that's uh, an outrageous statement. Also, I've been listening to a lot of impressions done on Off the Ball and stuff like that. And a few people have been asking me to do impressions. As I did, actually. So for anyone who doesn't know, I did like a 30-minute St. Michael teacher impression podcast that is actually available to all my patrons. So if you've got 90 cents to spare, I thoroughly encourage you to sign up for it and listen to it because the feedback on it has been pretty good. But... It was only recently, so Eddie O'Sullivan's getting a lot of coverage with his, his punditry over the last few weeks. Like, he's a clown. I know that. Um, he was Irish coach. I know that, unfortunately. But I remember listening to, and, like, I'm actually going to watch it back here. Like, he, during the Paul O'Connell, like, Paul O'Connell, it's before they play England, You've got Paul O'Connell going, did you put the fear of God into them? And then Eddie O'Sullivan storms in and he comes in. Just listen to this. What the fuck is going on here? Not for the first five minutes. Every fucking minute of the game. Fucking manic aggression. Did you scare anyone? Did you fucking put the fear of God into anyone? All right, on your feet. On your feet. We're on the running. Chesto! 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 Chesto!
fucking chess out. Like, what What does that even mean? Like, it's just heads gone there. Like, they're about to play England in a massive Six Nations game, and you've got Ederson going, heads up, chest out. Like, this is the same guy who would be saying stuff like, you know, you, you can put fruit pastels into a salad, but does that mean it's a fruit salad, you know? Also, the two best flankers in the country are uh, Josh van der Fleur and uh, James Tracy. Like, how someone gets paid thousands of euros, thousands, by the way, to make that error is comical. Like, Josh van der Fleur, he meant to say Dan Levy, obviously, but he goes, Josh van der Fleur and uh, James Tracy. You know, you can put a smoothie into a blender, but does that mean it's going to come out nice, you know? Like, you know, you can grate the cheese without the cheddar. You're just going to end up rubbing your hands together, you know? You know, you can take apart an apple, but if you lay the seed down, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get an apple tree, you know? You know, having a back row of Piro Manny, Cedar Stander, and uh, what's his name? Tyke Byrne. It's a bit like having a BLT without the bacon. Like, he was such a clown. Heads off, chest out! <laughs> like, oh, strawberries. But um, Keith Andrews is another guy. So, like, here's a little snippet of him. Because we don't have any type of consistency in the way that we play. So we need to have, as soon as you come into a squad, this is how we play. Okay, you can get fine-tuned from game to game, depending on the opposition. Yeah. But these are basics. <laughs> like, the difference between him and Kenny Cunningham. So, here's Kenny Cunningham. I mean, every always received the ball. We're talking about Valencia playing in tight areas of the pitch. Well, Roy would play five, ten yards outside his penalty box in, in a tight area. No problem. Give me the ball, half turn, head up, knowing where the ne next pass was. Always play, and always play forward. I remember me, I was the... Yeah, so basically, like, Keith Andrews and Kenny Cunningham both have the kind of Dublin accent, you know. Like, Kenny Cunningham's very quick. He's like, you know, at this particular moment of time, I just feel that uh, Liverpool has superior outfits in Mad City, good destination, good infiltration, good penetration behind the midfielders, behind the strikers. Well, Keith Andrews is more or less the same until, like, something dramatic happens. So he'd be like, yeah, and I was out to Mohamedou Salah, and he whips the ball in! Firmino out of the clutches of the keeper's hands. And so, yet again, back to my original point, why are you screaming? I don't know. And then also this, Steve McLaren interview I've been laughing about so much. So this is Steve McLaren after he became coach of FC20. And for those of you who don't know, Steve McLaren worked under Sir Alex Ferguson for several years. He's an English guy, true and true, was England manager as well. And he was at FC20 for about four months. And this is how he sounded. Like, bear in mind, he hadn't been to Holland before. And this is how he sounded. This must be very special for you personally. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, of course. Uh, it's one of the reasons I came, because a good team. And they qualified Champions League. So it's one of the reasons I came to draw Arsenal. One of the big teams is uh, exciting for everybody. Like, I, I should have knew when I came here. It was Arsenal, I think. Like, what, what is going on there? Like, what is going on? Oh, it is too good. It is way too good. <laughs> so I just can't get over the Eddie O'Sullivan thing. Heads up, chest out. We're on the fucking running. Like, imagine someone doing that now. Oh. Okay, a few people have been asking about my comments on Instagram that don't make a lot of sense to people. Um, excuse me, 
AOR, NASP, again, I mentioned on my other podcast a few months ago, but people didn't take take notice, obviously. But just to give you a backstory on some of this, so like AOR means absolutely ridiculous. So if you see something that's ridiculous, you just say AOR. If you know somebody who isn't really that serious, and when I mean that is in like they actually take themselves serious, but like everyone else just views them as a complete and utter clown. Uh, that might sound harsh, but like someone who you're just like, oh, it's absolutely ridiculous. You can call them a nasp, which means not a serious person. It's a good one. Then a few other ones I've been, um, I have to tell, are stuff like Kurt Angle. So everyone knows his theme song. So when someone is being suspicious, so that can be with a female, that can be just in general. So like an example would be, oh, hey, Mr. X, uh, do you want to come get some grub? And Mr. X replies going, oh, um, no, I actually have to do something tonight. And it's like, okay, Mr. X, what are you up to? And he's just like, uh, I'll tell you tomorrow. That's when you'd play the Kurt Angle theme song. Like so. And that's I think. Like, what's his angle? So say Kurt Angle, basically. But um, yeah, outrageous. I know, I know. It is outrageous. <clears throat> Anyway, here are just one or two crazy WhatsApp clips while I'm at it. I try to find the most crazy ones I had on my phone, and here, here are a few. Okay, can all the fifth years and the second years go to the third years and sleep over with the first years and tell them that they are no longer six years, please? ...again as we walk backwards. Here is Tinar and Ajnandolo looking for a second try. I'm getting a second try. And that man is a behemoth. <laughs> Really quickly, uh, went up to uh, 21st in Dunboyne. Offer face is big shell now, you know. Like, trying spotting job. Went back to this lad's house, his name is Tommy Myler, he's a fucking psychopath, like. And uh, went back to his house, and his parents are away. They kind of have a landscaping company, like, and they have, like, chickens all out the back as well, like, kind of like Blondie. And your man Tommy Myers is a psychopath, like, and he collects county jerseys. Like, this is just a bit of a side story. He collects county jerseys, and every county jersey has a, si- a signature from a player. Like, I actually have one of them here. A tie on jersey with all mulligan on it because I was wearing it that night. But when you go into his house, he makes you put on one. Like, something wrong with him. So he went into the house, and yeah, one real full, happy chemical, happy vodka, losing our minds. And you see him this noise out in the backyard. And there's Tommy Myler with a fucking streamer, like, do you know, do you know, losing his mind, had the fucking face guard and all that. So me and Aki and I went out, like, starting up chainsaws and streamers and everything. We're just making noise, I'm having crack, and next thing looked over, <laughs> Tommy Myler streaming the chickens today. <laughs> Murdering the chickens with the streamer, like, blood all over. And he had a wicker jersey on him. Covered in chicken, like in blood. It was not scared to think about it. Let's start getting sick and all. Like, I hope Lazar in the house start getting 
the roughest yoga of all time. Chicken running around with their heads and all. Like, it was fucking scandalous. Okay, and to wrap this up, I asked a few, was asked a few questions on my Instagram. And one of the, one of the most popular ones is my sleeping habits. <clears throat> so fortunately, since I've started work, I've kind of got back on track on that, on that front. But prior to that, I would have ridiculous sleeping patterns. I'd be going to bed at around four in the morning and getting up at around 10 o'clock the next day. And when I like 10 in the morning, so I'd be living off five, six hours sleep, which was definitely not healthy in the slightest. But yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd be able to live off about five, six hours, sometimes four hours sleep a night. And even to this day, I'd be going to bed about half 12 and getting up at seven. So I'm only having about six and a half hours sleep. It's just I don't necessarily need it. It's weird. Like there is the odd day I wake up with say six hours sleep under my belt and I'm like, Jesus Christ, could have done with two or three more hours. But I don't know. I just I've grown used to it, I suppose. Uh a few people ask me what is F forty five because I keep putting it up on my Instagram. What an F forty five is in the most basic of terms is three fifteen minutes of a selection of exercises you keep going doing as many reps as possible and as many exercises as possible for 15 minutes you take one minute break go again for 15 minutes take one minute break go for 15 minutes and you're done there's loads of different variations but that's the fundamentals of it you burn about 700 calories in that and yeah they're absolutely addictive they're brilliant just follow mark Wahlberg or james haskell on instagram and you'll get to know very quickly about them they work i've <laughs> since what December, January, February. Since February, I've lost two stone doing them. So if people want to lose weight, F45 is a pretty bloody good way to do it. So <clears throat> funniest coaching story. I don't want to give away all of them in case me, Bullet and Gilso redo uh, part two of the Schools Rugby podcast. Also, if you want us to do that, get a bit of a buzz going and I will lure the Bullet Cochrane back to my house with about 700 Peronis. But yeah, the one of the funniest coaching stories I have was when we were playing Ross Gray away. It was the S thirds. I think it was the semi final of the S thirds, and we were going down. And we, I was the coach with Alex Penny, Robin Cosgrove, James Ruxton, and Gav Duffy. So it was kind of like a home alone moment where on the bus down. I was kind of thinking, okay, what's, how's the match going to go? How's X and Y going to play? What should we say before the game? And then all of a sudden I was like, hang on a second. Did we bring everything? Did we forget anything? Do we have the cones? Do we have the bags and all that? I was like, oh, we're okay. No, we did. We brought everything. There was all left in the change room. And we took everything in the change room. But then I kind of realized, I kind of went, shit, the jerseys. The jerseys were in another room and I kind of had a mini heart attack and I was like, actually, no, you're just panicking. So I just kept calm for the rest of the bus journey, which was quite long. So we get to the place, get to Ross Gray, I should say, enter the changing room, start unloading. <clears throat> and there's the cones, there's the water bottles, there's the, the rooking pads. And slowly but surely, I come to the realization that there's no fucking jerseys. And one of the players comes out and goes, Richie, where are the jerseys? And I was like, oh, uh, we're just getting them now. I proceed to then have a comprehensive mental breakdown. And 
<laughs> the other coaches found it absolutely hilarious. Like they were in hysterics laughing at me over the fact that we as a collective had forgotten the coach and sorry, not the coach and the, the rugby jerseys. So I had to go in, make up a complete fabrication of a story about how the JCT coaches at the time took our jerseys by accident. We then had to wear matching T-shirts for the match. We went on to lose the game and we really shouldn't have lost. And yeah, still to this day, it gets brought up. It still to this day gets uh, brought up by people who were there or at least knew me at the time. We're like, Richie, did you bring the jerseys this time? Bit of tongue in cheek, but that was that was outrageous. It was also shocking. It like that is so bad from a coach's point of view. Imagine turning up to a game and being like, "Where's the jerseys?" Um, they're actually back in the changing room. We forgot, but we couldn't tell them that because if we did that, people would have been like, "Right, they're a joke. Screw this. We shouldn't even play." Next one was best food food spots in Dublin. Uh, for lunch, food game two fifty square. Herb Street's pretty good. Urban is very good. For dinner, pie pizza, soma pizza, Bunsen, Wishbone. And mm, they're, they're the ones that stand out. I love Nando's, but like that's not an outrageous meal. Yeah, they're the ones that kind of stick out. Would Ian Madigan make the Irish squad if he was still playing in Ireland? Probably not. Like he's struggling to get into the Bristol Bears team and they're doing meh in the premiership. So I would probably say no. With that said, if AJ McGinty had somehow stayed within Ireland's kind of confines for his whole career, I definitely think he would have been a viable option for them. But Ian Madigan, no, I don't think so. He's ne- He never was world-class and I don't think he ever had the attributes to be world-class. Well, if you look at maybe the three or four Irish tens at the minute, either they're world class already or they all have the attributes to be world class one day. So, and yeah, with all that said, oh yeah, I always say this like, what films have I watched? All that. From a film perspective, I've seen Good Boys recently. That was fantastic. I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood twice. I loved it so much. Incredible film. Some people have been like, uh, nothing happened. Like, what the hell? Why am I doing the John Kell impression? Uh, Rich, nothing happened. Didn't see Leonardo or Brad having cretin. But uh, basically, it's an incredible film. And people always do this about Tarantino films. And it's like, yeah, but like nothing happened. Like, you're kind of sat there for three hours, nobbling away at the buttered popcorn. Nothing happened. Everything happened. Everything happened in that film. It was incredible. I saw Ad Astra as well. That was with Brad Pitt and Tommy Lee Jones. That was very similar to Blade Runner 2049. Really deep philosophical movie, but it was very good. And then apart from that, yeah, they were the films that I have seen. From a book perspective, I'm actually reading the Ryanair book at the minute, which is absolutely hilarious. I have Helter Skelter on standby. And they're basically the two books. From a podcast perspective, I am listening to Joe Rogan still because he's a freak, obviously. I listen to a lot of Chris D'Elia. He's very funny. 
Um, and then there's a other podcast that I got introduced to by David Wilson from Michaels called The Offensive. It's basically a parody of a Premier League team, but it's in podcast form. So it's like Mike Bassetting, the manager. It's just a shambles of an organization, but it's all drawn, done through podcasts and audio. And they do the impressions and the story is absolutely brilliant. There's loads of podcasts. It's like the story of their whole season done through podcast platform. It's really interesting. It's actually very, very, very funny. And apart from that, that's more or less this. If there's anything I've missed, if there's anything you want me to chat about in the future, any adjustments I need to make, I'm thinking of maybe doing video formats from now on. I was thinking of maybe doing a live Rallens Ranch show in somewhere like the Sugar Club or somewhere. Try to get 100, 150 people in for a loose night. I was thinking of doing maybe a cooking podcast, a one-off one where we just film me and two or three guests trying to make food. I don't know, something stupid anyway. But if you have any ideas, just throw them on. Because this podcast came from an idea from made of mine. I mean, like, yeah, go on, make a podcast. It'll be shambles. And I was like, yeah, I'll do an episode to hear what it does. And now here we are, like 40 episodes later. The School's Rugby podcast that got over 15,000 listens was an idea pitched to me on Twitter. So any ideas, I'm always open for them, no matter how stupid or serious or not so serious they are. I'm always, always... Always keen to hear your feedback, whether it's good or bad. Anyway, hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know if you did or did not.